Jesus. Father, we just bless you now. We honor your presence even now. We thank you, Lord, that you are good. There's no one better than you. You are the great God. You are the awesome God. You are the mighty God. You are the magnificent God. We bless you. We praise you because of your goodness, because of your mercy, because of your kindness, because of your faithfulness. You've been more faithful to us even when we have not been faithful to you. But Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor your presence. Even in this pandemic, you are still good and you are still God. Bless us as we go into your word. We decrease that you might come in the increase. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, uh, Living Water family. This is commonly known as Uncle Tim. Everybody knows me as Uncle Tim. We are so honored to be with you doing this uh, occasion uh, with my brother, my friend, family to celebrate the man of God for 33 years of pastoral ministry. Um, I'm grateful to him and Sister Linda, you're doing a wonderful work. We are honored that you would ask us. I was talking to Pastor Face and I said, are you asking me because you want me to speak or because you're your family? I don't know. Anyway, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Uh, we're so thankful to the Lord. Uh, we're coming via from Cleveland, Tennessee. Like my wife said, we wish we could be there with you. We are with you via Facebook and those who are watching. Um, they know us. We're no strangers to living water. Um, and we just greet you and we know you've done a wonderful, had a wonderful time celebrating your pastor's anniversary. He is a great man of God. I've known him for years, known him before he became pastor, uh, known him and Sister Linda, and they are so uh, instrumental in, uh, in our lives. They're more than just uh, natural family, they're spiritual family, they're everything. We love them. Thank you, Theo, for that introduction. I was kind of embarrassed. I kind of left the room because I, I was I was very embarrassed. I, I, I was touched by my godson giving me that wonderful introduction. I'm just not used to that. But thank you, Theo. Thank you for asking us to come. And uh, we want to uh, just shower God's blessing on, on the man and woman of God as we go into the word of God. And uh, this being a unique situation, um, being here, um, if I get a little bit loud or excited, uh, I'll try it. I'm in my house, so I, I can only do so much. But uh, I'm going to deliver the word of God. We have a word in our spirit, in our belly, and it's kind of appropriate what the kids were saying about overcoming. Um, the word we had this morning is uh, very apropos to that. Uh, we're actually going to be coming from 2 Corinthians. If you, if you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we want to look at just three verses from verses 7 to verse 10. And uh, we just want to encourage the people of God and hopefully whoever's watching on Facebook, if you don't know Jesus Christ, uh, we want you, we're going to extend invitation for you. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 eight, nine, and 10. And uh, the subject of our message, if, you, if you're writing notes or anything, is gonna be called knocked down, but not knocked out. Knocked down, but not knocked out. So I'm gonna reading from two translations. One will be from the King James Version. Another one is Living Bible Translation. And King James says this, Verse seven, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifested 
in our body. I want to read this to you from what they call the Living Bible paraphrase. It really caught my eye. I want to share this with you. And it says, but this precious treasure, this light and power that now shine within us is held in a perishable container that is in our weak bodies. Everyone can see that the glorious power within must be from God and not our own. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We are knocked down, but we go up again. We get up again and keep going. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it is only the living Christ within who keeps us safe. If you're going to be effective in ministry, you are going to be affected by opposition and attacks from the enemy. In this particular setting, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, Paul uh, was under attack by false teachers. They were trying to take over the church and they were really uh, accusing Paul of, of really um, being in the ministry for himself. He was always under criticism and uh, they was attacking him, attacking his ministry, attacking uh, his person. Uh, and, and Paul was really addressing what was going on. Now, there are three things that you have to remember that we're gonna share with you. Uh, true gospel ministry must be tried and tested ministry. True gospel ministry must be tried and tested ministry. And there are three things that we wanna share with you this morning. Number one, the real treasure. We are trusted by God. There is the real power. We are empowered by God. And then there is real victory. We endure in God. Real treasure, real power, real victory. God entrusts us, God empowers us, and then we endure through God. So notice in, in verse Seven. Let's look at, we want to look at that, that real treasure. We are trusted by God. Look at verse seven again. Look again how it says, we are, uh, 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 we have this treasure in earthen vessel. Notice it says this treasure. And if you look at verse one of that same chapter, uh, the beginning, it says we had this ministry. So the real treasure is Christ, Christ Jesus himself. The real treasure is the gospel message of Jesus Christ, that precious ministry that God has entrusted us to proclaim. He has entrusted this wonderful gospel. The treasure is not us, but the treasure is Christ. Colossians 1 and 27 says, Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. In the earthen treasure, treasure is what the, uh, is a metaphor. Paul was very good about using metaphors. Matter of fact, there's two metaphors that we, we want to highlight. The first metaphor is that the earthen treasure, treasure is, is, is a jar of clay or, 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 or a pot or a jar or a clay pot. And the uh, Eastern potentates, uh, whenever they wanted to place a valuable jewels um, in an inexpensive pottery. They would get the most expensive jewels, but they would put it in an inexpensive pottery so that the people would be unaware of the value of the jewels. Sometimes they, they melted gold or other precious metals and poured it in one of these vessels. And so the obvious message lies in the fact that uh, the low value was placed on the container when compared with the extraordinary value of the contents. So it's not the container, it's the contents. And I want to illustrate with you, those who know me and follow me know, I like to use a lot of visual aids if you can see this. This is a cup. 
And we as vessels of God, uh, we, we are weak, we're frail. This is a little styrofoam cup. Notice it says you. You are weak. We're weak, frail, limited, okay? In other words, we can do so much. I can put puncture holes in this cup. Now, my wife, this is my wife's wedding ring. I got her a new one. This is one, this is the old one. I got a real nice one. This is, but this is about, this is our first, our first ring. This, the value is in the ring. This cup, there is no value in the cup. Why? Because it's weak, it's frail, it's an earthen vessel. But when I take the ring and I put it in the cup, what happens? It makes the value of that cup because it's the content that's in the cup, not the cup. It's what's inside the cup. So you and I, when we accept Jesus Christ, he puts his word, his value in us, but more importantly, he puts the word of God the precious message, that's the value. So when we focus, uh, we're not to focus on, 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 on the cup, but we're to focus on the treasure because we're weak, we're frail. We're after that, I can just bend this up and make it The cup is only a vessel. It's only a vessel, but it's weak. But God puts the, his valuable treasure. He puts his valuable treasure, which is Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ by faith, he puts his value. Y'all know I have a, a famous quote that says, I have great worth apart from my performance because Christ is Christ, Christ in us. He's a hope of glory. So we put this, all the power of God, this is that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the power may be of God and not of us, that we might depend on God's power and not our own strength. I love this quote. It says, not by power, not by might, I'm sorry, not by might, nor by your power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. What makes us extraordinary is the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ and the extraordinary message of salvation. Not by your might, nor by your power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Ephesians 6 and 10 says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So is God's, is God's power, is God's might, but he puts his power, he puts his strength, he puts his might in you. I am so I'm so concerned about some ministers that I run into that their egos are bigger than Mount Everest. They think it's all about them. They think it's their anointing, their ministry, my people. No, 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 no. We're nothing. What did he say in John? He says, I am the vine. You're nothing but a weak, frail, fragile branch. He that abideth me and my words about him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me, without Christ, without Christ, you can do nothing. So it's Christ. But he has put his power, his real, his real treasure, real treasure is in Jesus Christ. If you have Christ, you have everything. Christ in me makes me valuable. No matter how you might feel, you might feel like you're worthless or you don't have no, no, no. God, all God wants you to be is a vessel, to be a, a, a vessel for his uses. Here's another scripture. It says here, therefore, be strong in the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our strength comes from God. The value comes from God. So the real treasure is Christ. The real treasure is the precious message that he has entrusted with us. He has entrusted you, Pastor Basin and, and Sister Lynn. He has entrusted you with a precious, wonderful message to carry to, to people out in the world. If, if you look at Romans, I'm not Romans, if you look even in that same passage in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, though our, it says be, be, because for which cause we do not think, though our outward man, though our outward man perisheth, 
Our inward man is renewed day by day. We're getting older. You know, we don't, we don't have the energy like we used to have, but it's all the inner man. It's the inner man that's being renewed day by day. How do we get renewed? Through the word of God. How do we get renewed? Through the spirit of God. How do we get renewed? Through obedience to the, to the, to the word of God. So the real treasure is Christ. Then you have the real power. Let's look at it again. The real power. We are empowered by God. Notice what he says. That it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the power may be of God and not of us. The best ability is availability. Your best ability is your availability. God wants willing vessels. That's what he wants. That's all he, all he wants of you. Matter of fact, he says in one passage, it's required of a steward, Pastor Faison. The only requirement God requires is that you be found faithful. Just be faithful. You are a success when you're faithful. You're a success. That's when, when we stand before the Lord, the words that you want to hear him say, not that you're a good singer, not that you're a good preacher, not that you're eloquent. No. Well done, thou what? Good and faithful servant. That's, that's the quality that God is looking for. The extraordinary value is in the contents of Christ. God uses ordinary people like you and me. He just uses ordinary people like you and me, and all he requires is that we be a willing vessel. Notice what it says. Look at it again in verse 7. It says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In King James, the word excellency is the Greek word which means casting beyond. Excellency, casting beyond, or beyond all measure. Okay, so when it says that the excellence of God, the excellence of God is that God also is superior. So what Paul is sharing with us is that God's superior power is greater than your inferior weakness. Got that? The superior power of God is not of you, but of God. He casts, he casts his power far beyond what you could ever think you could do. He goes beyond measure. He goes above and beyond what you're able to do. That's why Paul said what he said in Philippians chapter 3. We always quote all the time. Y'all know it. Sinners know it. Philippians 4.13. I can do what? All things through Christ. That strengthens me. And it's amazing when you study that passage, Paul was literally under house arrest. He was confined. He couldn't go anywhere. He was chained to a Praetorian guard, and they changed shifts all the time. He was in his own rented house for two years. So some of you who said, my ministry ain't going nowhere. Paul says, though I may be bound in chains, the word of God is never bound. So why do we focus on the focus should not be on us, the vessel. The focus should be on God. Was Moses' ministry ineffective because he didn't do anything for 40 years? Come on now. God had to make him and mold him and hammer him. He had been knocked down like our subject. He had been knocked down, put away, and in the desert for 40 years. But that's where God was working on his life. God was molding Moses. God was making Moses. And listen, beloved, he said, well, we got this pandemic. We can't go anywhere. Do you not know because of Facebook, you know, your pastor, Mason, and he shared this with me, you're reaching more people. And I've talked to many pastors because they're not able to open up their churches. They're going on Facebook and they're reaching more people on Facebook who may never darken the doors of your church. 2% of sinners walk into a church. 2% out of 100. 2%. So what you're doing, you might feel confined. I'm not going anywhere. No, no, no. God is working in you. Anytime you are touching and impacting another life, you're doing ministry. Ministry is not just here at a podium and a lectern. Ministry is not just giving sermons and doing revival. No, ministry is impacting and changing lives. And so you have the real treasure, but then you have the real power, and God casts his power beyond. That word power is the word we get dunamis, which means dynamite. God puts his dynamite power in you. You got the dynamite power in you that is superior beyond your human weakness. 
And it's all of God. God goes beyond your weaknesses. God goes beyond your struggles. God, God, God goes beyond all your circumstances. And God used them. Like we were sharing about Paul, when he was chained up in Philippians 4, he was chained up. But do you not know he took that negative and turned it into a positive? And he said, do you not know? Every other hour, a Praetorian guard is chained up to me. That's like the CIA. So I get to share the gospel to people that are of importance. So you might feel you can find beloved, but God is just, all God wants you to do is be a willing vessel. He wants you to be a willing container. Whatever he wants to do, I ripped up this cup, and I'll get another cup. God wants to just use you in spite of yourself. He wants to use you because he's God. Sometimes God wants to use you even in your weakness. That's why his grace is sufficient. His strength is made uh, perfect in our weakness. So God takes the ordinary and makes us extraordinary. God takes the natural and turns it into the supernatural. Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary who opened up uh, the gospel to inland China, China said this. He said, all God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on him being with them. Many of God's greatest leaders were, uh, uh, had the greatest weaknesses. We look at David, we look at uh, uh, Santa, David who had his struggles, Santa who had his struggles. But we, if we focus on our weakness, Instead of God's power, we miss out on what God. I believe that God wants to use you because of your weakness. Because it's in your weakness that the real power of God, he has empowered you. He has empowered you to do what you can do for yourself. He has empowered you to carry God's word. He has empowered you. I'll never forget when, when I was... Uh, I used to go to uh, the, 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 the youth house or the, uh, the detention home in Newark. And um, we had a team, we would go every every Saturday night. And this one particular time, uh, uh, I always had a team with me. It was a team of seven of us. And, and uh, this one particular night, nobody showed up. Nobody could make it. Um, so I had to go in by myself. And then I had to minister to uh, juvenile delinquent, both uh, young men and young women, teenagers. And they were, the girls were worse than the boys. But this one particular night, beloved, I was so physically tired. I really was going to cancel, but the Spirit of the Lord urged me, you need to go. You need to go. I was so physically spent. I was tired. Uh, I didn't, I, I said, God, I don't have anything left. And the Holy Spirit says, trust me in your weakness. Trust me in your, your fatigueness. Trust me. So I began to pray. I said, Lord, I'm by myself. I have nobody here, but I have you. And I need your strength. See, when you get at the end of yourself, when you get at the end of you, God wants you to be at the end. Like I said in my prayer, you decrease that God comes in and increase. So I pray, beloved, I cannot, I, I cannot express to you, I felt after I, I, after I prayed, I felt the power of God just move from my toes right through my belly. And all of a sudden, I had this new strength and this new power that I never thought I had. And I, I was at, I would just, like the scripture says, you could run, uh, run through troops and leap over walls. I felt the power of God. And that was the greatest night that people came to Jesus Christ. There was another incident I want to share with you. And this happened in my early years of ministry. Uh, I had to minister at the YPHA. And I fasted that whole week. And my wife said, you need to eat something. You need to eat something. And I didn't eat. I was just overzealous. I wanted to be humans of the Lord. Right? So I didn't hardly eat anything. That night, that Saturday night, it was packed. The place was packed. They had bishops and elders. Everything was. And I, and I, I did my illustration ministry then. And I started sharing the word of God. I could feel the heat of the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, that heat turned. I started getting this lights turned to turn color, and I passed out. I passed out because I didn't know I didn't have nothing left. I should have listened to my wife. She always tries to do that now. And I passed out in front of all these people. My PHA, elders, bishops, everybody was there. I passed out. They dragged me in the back. Next, so I wake up and uh, and I was having it. Like they had, you know, 
get me all ready because I passed out. And I was so embarrassed. I felt so, so bad. I said, oh, God. One of the pastors came up to me. He said, son, you don't know what's going on out there, but the altar is covered, covered with young people. And they came to Christ. One of those young people was my son, is my son. He had been rebellious and ran away from home, turned his back on God. He came to Jesus Christ tonight because of you. That was the only, that's the greatest altar call I never called and I never saw. And people got saved. Well, six months later, that pastor and his son, they were in a fatal car accident and they died. They died. God used me, this weak, frail, fragile vessel. And he put his treasure of Jesus in me in the message. The power is of God and not of you. It's not your anointing. It's his anointing. It's not your message. It's his message. It's not your ministry. It's God's ministry. It's not your people. It's God's people, Pastor Bay. It's God's people. He said, you are the under shepherd. He's a great shepherd. Don't be stressing out. It's by God's power, not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of God. So you have the real treasure. You have the real power, but then you also have the real victory. In other words, you endure with God. Look again at verses 8 and 10. Let's read it again. And this is the second metaphor we're going to share with you. He says, we are troubled on every side. Look at this, y'all. We are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're going to break down each one of these for you. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always, if everybody can say always. 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 Pastor, say always. Always bearing in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Paul said it this way in Philippians 1.29. It says, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer, to suffer for his sake. Dr. John Henry Hugh Jewett said this. He says, ministry that does not cost you nothing accomplishes nothing. Ministry that, 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 does, that costs you nothing accomplishes nothing. God controls the trials. God controls uh, uh, he controls, and he, but he uses the trials because when we when we suffer, suffering reveals not only our weakness as as, as human beings because we we go through, we feel it, but also that the glory of God, the glory of God might be manifested. So Paul, as we go through this, he was sharing with us, as we go through, you got to go through something. You've got to go through it in order to get to where God wants you to be. You've got to have something. You've got to struggle, and you've got to feel your, at, when you're at the end of yourself, and you depend only on God. It's God. It's God. It's God. It's always God. It always has been God. And so that the glory of God might be manifested not only for Jesus' sake, but for the sake of others. What you're going through right now, beloved, is not only for the sake of God's glory, but for the sake of somebody else. Somebody is watching and looking at your life. They want to see if this Christianity is real. They want to see how you deal when, you, when you've lost your job. They want to see, see how you deal with, with, with sickness. They want to see how you deal with disappointment. And if you're crying out, the Bible says, those who sow in tears shall have a harvest of rejoicing. He gives the other metaphor. The other metaphor was earthen vessels, the, the clay jars. The other uh, metaphor that he uses is that of a soldier. I never saw that. He gives us the, a vessel, and, he, and it's through the process of trial that he changes, he, he, he makes us. And those, I never served in the military, Pastor Basin, uh, he served in the military. And when you go through military, you go through basic training. And they're always, they're training you to prepare you to prepare you for the greater assignment. So what you're going through, the process of trials of what you're going through right now, God uses this. You're a soldier of Jesus Christ. And that's why he says the real victory is in God. The real victory is in God. We have to endure. You have to endure. This is what he said in, 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 in 2 Timothy 2 or 3. It says, you therefore must endure. You must endure hardship 
as a good soldier. Now, are you a soldier? Are you a good soldier? What kind of soldier are you? Are you a lazy soldier? Are you a cowardly soldier? Are you a doubtful soldier? You, in order, if you're going to be a good soldier, you got to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's our, and that's a metaphor he's giving us here in verses 8 through 10. He says, soldier, and, he, and look how he breaks it down. As a soldier, he says, we are troubled, okay? Notice, on every side. You get in trouble on every, on every hand. You ever, everything, one thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong, boom, one thing after another. The car goes bad. You know, we had our windshield was cracked, everything, everything, all kinds of stuff. But we're in trouble. Literally, he's saying we are being afflicted, but we're not distressed or restrained. We're not, it's a participle that he uses in the Greek that talks about squeezing grapes. It says, so he's saying this, in other words, we are being squeezed but not squeezed out. We're being squeezed, but not squeezed out. Part of the anointing, the greater the struggle, the greater the hardship, the greater the anointing. How do you think you get those, those the, the olive oil that you use to pray over people? It comes from olives. And it's not just from one olive, it comes from many olives that they crush and they squeeze. And so if you have only two olives, you only have a little bit of oil. But the more olives you have, the more grapes you have, it gives you more juice. So I'm here to encourage somebody here who's listening to me. The reason why you're going through this trouble that is on every side, front, back, left, right, because God is squeezing you and making his anointing. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means a, a wine press or olive press. Where do you think the anointing comes from? It comes from going to school. It comes from somebody slapping oil on you and you going to a conference. No, it comes from suffering. It comes from pain. It comes from disappointment. It comes from sleepless nights where you, you don't know what to do. That's why he said, we are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. In other words, we are hemmed in but we're, we are not driven to surrender. Pastor, facing, whatever, you, whatever you're going through, don't you give up, don't you give in, you don't give in to surrender, you keep going, you keep going. This is what he says in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help. Everybody say in the time of trouble. No, it's not, you're, you're quoting it wrong. Psalm, that's another Psalm. This is God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. I'm in trouble now in the time that's future, but you're in trouble right now. You're going through something right now. God is your refuge. God is your strength while you're in it. He said, and here's, here's for my brother, oh, if he's listening or watching. Many, I gave him this scripture. He's going through something right now. And brother, I'm telling you right now, God's got a great blessing and victory for you. He said, many are the afflictions. Hallelujah. Many are the afflicted. Never said we wouldn't be afflicted. I don't care what these faith teachers tell you. You're not supposed to have no sickness. You have no faith. No, no. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I had COVID. My wife had COVID. Sister Faison had COVID. Some of my friends who had COVID, they didn't make it, but I made it. My wife, who had some struggles with fibromyalgia, I could have lost her, but she was afflicted with COVID. But God delivered her out of it all. That's, 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 the, that's the, the power of God. That's the real victory. Victory comes when you go through hard times. You can't raise your hands in victory until you've been through something. You got to go through something to tell somebody something. Don't tell, don't tell me about marriage. You ain't been married. You can't tell me nothing about marriage. You ain't been married first year. Come on now. I've been married 41 years. I got, I got time. I, I told Pastor, my friend, I don't got time to go out there and get another one. It's cheaper to keep her. Good God in heaven. She knows, she knows my she knows my social security number, my birthday, everything. If I believe it now, she got me lost. I, I, I'm gonna keep her now. I've been in this thing for 47 years. I'm gonna stay with her. Notice the other thing. As a soldier, we're perplexed. We're perplexed. We're perplexed. Literally, we are in difficulty, but not in despair. In other words, though we're faced with problems uh, and don't know what to do. Perplex me. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going to turn. I don't know what's going to happen. He says, but we do not give up. Why? Because God is the anchor. He's the anchor of my soul. My hope is the anchor of my soul. 
your hope, the God of hope, okay, the God of hope, yeah, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may overflow. The reason why you won't give up because you got the hope of God. Oh my, I'm, I'm, I know I'm home, but I feel like hollering right now because my hope is in God. My trust is in God. My strength is in God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, blood, and righteousness. I did not trust in the sweetest friend, but holy lean on Christ. Hallelujah. Solid rock, I said. All other ground is sinking sand. So you might be perplexed, but we're not going to, you might think, I don't know what to do. God always knows what to do. When you feel like you can't do nothing, that's when you say, Lord, I trust you. I praise you now. And if you want to do it right now, just praise God. Lord, I praise you. God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But God, you know what's going on. Romans 8, 28. And we know all things work together for your good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. But we never focus on verse 29. You know verse 28, but verse 29 is the foundation for 28. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestined that we should be conformed to the image of his dear son. So he says, no, he goes again. The third one, we, we've been troubled. We've been perplexed. Verse, the other part of simple says, we are being persecuted, but not being forsaken. In other words, we are deserted. That word persecute is the same word we get for pursue. In other words, we're being pursued by people, but not forsaken by God. We're pursued by people, but not forsaken by God. In other words, when you go through the persecution, when people are, you under attack of hope, and they talk about you and all this other nonsense. I don't know why people worry about people talking about you. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. He said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. This is our response. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. In other words, they went through it. You got to go through it. Jesus suffered, you got to suffer. Okay, the servant is not greater than his master. As Christ suffered in his flesh, you need to arm yourselves likewise. So stop getting all upset and all surprised that people turn against you. But Mark, the Bible says, marvel not that the, 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 the world hates you. They're supposed to hate you. You're not supposed to be liked. Come on, you're, you're not supposed to, no, no, no. I, mean, please, I told somebody, please talk about me. You're just adding to my testimony, adding to my anointing. And my job is to pray for you and to, and to love you and to do good stuff for you. I, have, I work as a, a job developer on my job. And there was one of my clients that he, he assaulted a very dear friend of mine, very dear friend, an old lady, beat her up, sent her to the emergency room. And my job as a job developer is to get them jobs. And so I had the assignment to try to get him a job. And there was he, his dream job was to be a, a, a DJ for a radio station. And the Holy Spirit, I was passing a radio station. Holy Spirit said, you need to get him that job. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not getting him a job. I mean, we, me and God had a nice little argument. I said, I ain't getting him that job. He assaulted my friend. He beat up my friend. The Lord said, get him the job. This is his dream job. It's not about you. It's about me. And I cringed my teeth. And I got him that job. And now he's doing really, really well. Do you not know, as my act of obedience, being that willing container, being that willing vessel, God gave me such a joy and a love. You're waiting to feel love. You're waiting to feel the assignment. You're waiting to feel stuff. And said, so God said, we don't walk by feelings. We walk by Fourth thing in Romans 9. It says, we may be cast down, or being cast down, struck down, knocked down, but not destroyed or perishing. In other words, we might be being knocked down, but you're never knocked down. You might be slapped all over the place. You might be overlooked for promotions. You might be going through stuff. You just can't seem to, things can't seem to click. Even though you get knocked down, know this, that you're never knocked out. You're always in it. There's something about an underdog. Underdogs are never under pressure. The pressure's on the favorites. The underdogs, they don't expect anything from the underdogs. And look what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs. Box with the underdogs in their own house, in their own stadium, but they end up beating the best team in the league. Didn't even score a touchdown. So, whether you're going through knockdown, 
You're never knocked out. Because notice what it says. You're always bearing in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus. Notice the death life principle. You die to self that you might have the life of Christ. Death and life. You die to yourself so that the life of Christ might be revealed in us. This, I love what he said in Psalm 37, verses 23 to 24. It said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. This is the part I love. I have been young, but now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Always, always, always. It's always. Bear. God wants you to always be there. Be consistent. We're going to close with these three applications. And we're going to share this and give invitation. Number one, it is in our misery that God manifests the life of Christ. It's in our misery, in our pain and suffering that God manifests the life of Christ. We may think we are at the end of our rope, but you're never at the end of your hope. You may think you're at the end of your rope, but you're never at the end of your hope. And number three, our desperation that we go through, it brings us to total dependence on God. It's in, your it's in those desperate hours that God wants you to depend totally on him, totally on him. So you trust God, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. If somebody doesn't know Jesus, and you feel that you don't feel worthy of, of coming to Jesus Christ by faith, it's by faith. You're at the place that God wants you to be right now. And I want you to say this prayer. Say, so, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm lost without you. But I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again from the dead. And by faith, I place my faith in, in Jesus Christ that he washed away all my sins. I believe he rose from the dead. And so by faith, I receive Christ as Savior and Lord. This day, I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, that we may be knocked down, we may be put down, but God, with you, we're never knocked out. You're the real treasure. You're the real power, oh God. And you're, the, you're our real victory. Our victory is in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tim, for that awesome word, that awesome reminder um, that, you know, God is God is where we, we should be focused. Um, we have our earthen vessels, but he is our treasure. So we thank you for that word this morning. We thank you for the encouragement. Um, I pray that you continue to be encouraged. I pray that our pastors are encouraged. And I pray that all those listening um, have been encouraged by that word. Um, now, as we move forward and you want to continue to be a blessing to our pastor as, you're in, as you give, um, please add a note in your memo uh, that will direct your giving to the pastoral anniversary. Uh, you can add March Gladness. You can add pastor anniversary. Uh, you can add bless our pastor, but make sure you add a memo uh, so that those monies can be directed where they need to go. Uh, once again, we want to thank you and bless you. I'm going to pass the service into the hands of Pastor Linda. Praise God, everyone. Um, thank you, uh, Deacon Canada and um, everyone that um, just took part in the service this morning, um, and especially to um, the Purifories, my sister, I love you. Um, thank you for blessing us. Um, but we praise God for that rich, rich um, word of God from um, Second uh, Corinthians. Uh, chapter four, you know, that that is one of my um, uh, favorite verses, you know, though, and it talks about we have this treasure in this earthen vessel um, that we <clears throat> don't faint. We, for so many reasons, um, the, the power of God is in us. 
Um, I love the, the illustration, Elder. I, I thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Um, just a rich word. I was in my um, space just thanking God for um, being the greater, being the ring, being the um, everything he is in us, making us. You know, you were very much in our uh, Bible study. You didn't even know it. Um, and if, if we look further into that chapter, um, I think it, it talks about um, uh, the great, just God. God is uh, the, our grace. He's our um, strength. Um, and I thank, I thank you for the word. I'm just, I just feel like having church <laughs> and I'm sure others do as well. Um, we thank you for coming um, all over, but especially from Tennessee, um, just being available to bring the word to us. Um, we, we thank God for everyone, our youth team, uh, the praise team. Um, we praise God for every participant, Elder Blackwell, the media, uh, just for helping us put this together. Uh, we thank you all, but um, people know that the Lord is your strength. Um, and we pray that pastor is encouraged. Uh, we are going through, so many people are going through this morning. So many um, tragedies are everywhere. We sing the song, but it is a reality. There's tragedies happening daily. Um, but, but we want to know, we want to be encouraged that the grace of God is in us. He, we're strengthened um, through him. Um, so when we are weak, he is strong. And we rely on that. We have to pull on that. We have to... Um, pull on his grace um, and just, just trust him. You know, I took so many notes, but we have to rely on the Lord and not on our own feelings, especially, you know, El Pastor Tim was talking about being a present help in the time of trouble and our suffering. And we go through um, in so many areas, can't even name them, right? Um, he talks about later, he talks about, um, Though this outward man perish, um, this outward man perish, the inward man, we're renewed daily because of Christ. But we do perish and we do go through. So the physical man is dying. Uh, Satan comes at us mentally. He wants to mess up our relationships. He wants to get in our jobs. He wants to mess up our money. Um, so many things, but we have to know that our strength, our sufficiency, our resources is Christ and not us. So when we leave here today, um, after everything of uh, this rich word, Sunday school, however you're going to be fed, when you get out there, wherever your there is, and a blow hits, be encouraged and know that the Lord has got you. He's your support. You know, front, back, side, it's all about him. So we thank you for that word. Please um, remember to pray for those um, that we don't, uh, aren't able to see. Uh, we, we call out special prayer this morning for our Deacon Freeman. We thank God for the praise report, but we know that he is in the hospital, um, but God is bringing him through. Remember uh, our brother George, Sister Betty, um, has, she's ministering to him in this season. Uh, remember them in prayer. Remember our elder Buchanan, sister Buchanan. Uh, remember our elders and um, in, in senior uh, uh, citizens. Remember uh, sister Costin, sister Barrel, uh, sister Pat Taylor, mother Underhill. We want to pray for Sister Vicki Taylor this morning and her family, Lord. Um, they have suffered and remember her in prayer. Remember, um, we want you to please remember uh, Sister Tanya in, in prayer. Um, uh, pray for her. Um, just, I'm just calling out a few names. You don't have to know. Don't, don't hit them up and say what's going on. Just remember them and prayer. Remember the preachers that delivered the word this month. They, I can tell you they're under attack. So you call their names out simply because of the assignment that God has given them. The enemy is mad at them. Uh, for their obedience. Call them out. And as you remember others, God will not forget you. Uh, 
pray for the pure for a household um, and just pray, 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 pray. Um, and we thank you in a most uh, please remember Pastor Faison and strengthen your leader. Um, those that are listening, pray for your pastor. You strengthen him through prayer, her, him through prayer um, and try to be the best, be the best chef, sheep you can be. Uh, God bless you and thank you. And again, I love you, Pure Fours, and it was wonderful to see you. And thank you all uh, for this day. Have a blessed day. God bless you, Living Water. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you for your word that has gone forth. We thank you for those that have come to you by faith through the rich word that was preached this morning. We know that it will not go out void. We know that we are good ground and what you have set forth that word to do, it will be accomplished in us, God. Now, we don't just pray for us, but we pray for your ministry, your church, that the word of God is not bound, and it will continue to go forth through media walls, through church walls, wherever, and accomplish that which you have it to, and use us as uh, vessels to make a difference in someone's life on this week. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed, people. God bless you. Uncle Tag. Pastor Tim will yes, have a closing remarks. Amen. Love you guys. Just thank you for having me. Just keep us in your Love prayers. You. Love you. And uh, we're always here for you. You know that. It's good to see you. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything. Appreciate everything. Amen. Happy anniversary, my friend. Go on God's strength. Thank you. Love you. Thank you so much. Till next time. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal, at Living Water CCC, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.